Section 35 of Woman in the Nineteenth Century. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas Kinnear. Woman in the Nineteenth Century and Kindred Papers Relating to the Sphere, Condition, and Duties of Women by Margaret Fuller. Section 35. Letter from the Honorable Lewis Cass, Jr., United States Chargé d'Affaires at Rome, to Mrs. E. K. Channing. Legation des Etats-Unis d'Amérique, Rome. May 10, 1851. Madame, I beg leave to acknowledge the receipt of your letter, and to express my regret that the weak state of my eyesight has prevented me from giving it an earlier reply. In compliance with your request, I have the honor to state succinctly the circumstances connected with my acquaintance with the late Madame Osoli, your deceased sister, during her residence in Rome. In the month of April, 1849, Rome, as you are no doubt aware, was placed in a state of siege by the approach of the French army. It was filled at that time with exiles and fugitives who had been contending for years from Milan in the north to Palermo in the south for the Republican cause and when the gates were closed it was computed that there were of italians alone thirteen thousand refugees within the walls of the city all of whom had been expelled from adjacent states till rome became their last rallying point and to many their final resting place among these was to be seen every variety of age sentiment and condition striplings and blanched heads wild visionary enthusiasts grave heroic men who in the struggle for freedom had ventured all and lost all nobles and beggars bandits felons and brigands great excitement naturally existed and in the general apprehension which pervaded all classes that acts of personal violence and outrage would soon be committed the foreign residents especially found themselves placed in an alarming situation on the thirtieth of april the first engagement took place between the french and roman troops and in a few days subsequently I visited several of my countrymen at their request to concert measures for their safety. Hearing on that occasion, and for the first time, of Mrs. Fuller's presence in Rome, and of her solitary mode of life, I ventured to call upon her and offer my services in any manner that might conduce to her comfort and security. She received me with much kindness, and thus an acquaintance commenced. Her residence on the Piazzi Barberini being considered an insecure abode, she removed to the Casadias, which was occupied by several American families. In the engagements which succeeded between the Roman and French troops, the wounded of the former were brought into the city and disposed throughout the different hospitals, which were under the superintendence of several ladies of high rank, who had formed themselves into associations, the better to ensure care and attention to those unfortunate men. Miss Fuller took an active part in this noble work, and the greater portion of her time during the entire siege was passed in the hospitals of the Trinity of the Pilgrims, which was placed under her direction in attendance upon its inmates. The weather was intensely hot. Her health was feeble and delicate. The dead and dying were around her in every stage of pain and horror, but she never shrank from the duty she had assumed. Her heart and soul were in the cause for which those men had fought, and all was done that woman could do to comfort them in their sufferings. I have seen the eyes of the dying, as she moved among them, extended on opposite beds, meet in commendation of her universal kindness, and the friends of those 
who had then passed away may derive consolation from the assurance that nothing of tenderness and affection was wanting to soothe their last moments. And I have heard many of those who recovered speak with all the passionate fervor of the Italian nature of her sympathy and compassion throughout their long illness fulfilled all the offices of love and affection. Mazzini, the chief of the triumvirate, who, better than any man in Rome knew her worth, often expressed to me his admiration of her high character, and the princess Belgioioso, to whom was assigned the charge of the papal palace on the Quirinal, which was converted on this occasion into a hospital, was enthusiastic in her praise. And in a letter which I received not long since from this lady, who was gaining the bread of an exile by teaching languages in Constantinople, she alludes with much feeling to the support afforded by Miss Fuller to the Republican Party in Italy. Here, in Rome, she is still spoken of in terms of regard and endearment, and the announcement of her death was received with a degree of sorrow not often bestowed upon a foreigner, especially one of a different faith. On the 29th of June, the bombardment from the French camp was very heavy, shells and grenades falling in every part of the city. In the afternoon of the 30th, I received a brief note from Miss Fuller requesting me to call at her residence. I did so without delay, and found her lying on a sofa, pale and trembling, evidently much exhausted. She informed me that she had sent for me to place in my hand a packet of important papers, which she wished me to keep for the present, and, in the event of her death, to transmit it to her friends in the United States. She then stated that she was married to the Marquis of Soli, who was in command of a battery on the Pincian Hill, that being the highest and most exposed position in Rome, and directly in the line of bombs from the French camp. It was not to be expected, she said, that he could escape the dangers of another night, such as the last, and, therefore, it was her intention to remain with him and share his fate. At the Ave Maria, she added, he would come for her, and they would proceed together to his post. The packet which she placed in my possession contained, she said, the certificates of her marriage and of the birth and baptism of her child. After a few words more, I took my departure, the hour she named having nearly arrived. At the porter's lodge, I met the Marquis Osoli, and a few minutes afterwards I saw them walking toward the Pincian Hill. Happily, the cannonading was not renewed that night, and at dawn of day she returned to her apartments with her husband by her side. On that day the French army entered Rome, and the gates being opened, Madame Osoli, accompanied by the Marquis, immediately proceeded to Rieti, where she had left her child in charge of a confidential nurse, formerly in the service of the Osoli family. She remained, as you are no doubt aware, some months at Rieti, whence she removed to Florence, where she resided until her ill-fated departure for the United States. During this period I received several letters from her, all of which, though reluctant to part with them, I enclose to your address in compliance with your request. I am, Madame, very respectfully, your obedient servant, Louis Cass, Jr. End of section 35. Recording by Nicholas Kinnear, Dayton, Ohio. End of Woman in the Nineteenth Century and Kindred Papers Relating to the Sphere, Condition, and Duties of Women by Margaret Fuller.